This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 194, episode 194 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, 30 Flirty and Surviving, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, I'm the Promoter, He's a DJ, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, The Wicked Fast Podcast, Be Fit, The Hobby, and so many other great podcasts. And if you're into sports cards, speaking about The Hobby Podcast, go check out Card Vault Breaks, Whatnot, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, almost every single day of the week. They're always available. Go check them out. And you can always check them out in person at the Card Vault down at Patriot Place or at Foxwoods Resort Casino down in Connecticut. You can always go to the Causeway Card Show on Saturday, November 26th at Big Night Live. There will be plenty of baseball, basketball, football, Jason Tatum rookie cards, Jalen Brown rookie cards, Sam Hauser rookie cards, you name it. It will all be there. Tickets are only $10, and you can purchase tickets on the day of the show at the Big Night Live box office. You can always check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every single Tuesday on the Big Night Media Instagram page at Big Night Media for your chance to win free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live. And you can always check out your banner banter podcast merchandise, bignightshop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab, click banner banter, and go from there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Before I begin, happy Thanksgiving. Very thankful for the Boston Celtics. Very thankful for all of the Banner Banter podcast listeners. Very thankful if you're listening right now. Really appreciate it. Couldn't do this without everyone's support. So very thankful. Thanks. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. It's just the best. No questions asked. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. So thank you so much for all your support, as always. All right. So episode 194 of the Banner Banter podcast, the Boston Celtics have won not one not two, not three, not four, not five. Yeah, I'm going to go through all of them. Not six, not seven, not eight, but nine games in a row. Yep, 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 nine games in a row. See, I knew I was going to mess that up after I did that. God damn it. Anyways, hey, they're currently 11-3 and three with the best record, not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA. 7-2 and two on the road, 6-1 and one at home. The Bruins are like 11-0 and oh at home. It's... TD Garden's going to be crazy this winter between the Bruins and the Celtics, but hey, I mean, they're dropping 120 points a game at 11-3. and three. Unbelievable. Last week, TD Garden beat the Thunder 126-122. Then they go on the road, beat the Hawks 126-101, and I thought that was going to be a big, important, close game. Whoops. And then they go on the road, 
uh, down in New Orleans against the Pelicans down at the Smoothie King Center and beat them 117 to 109. And then this week they have four games. And to be honest with you, all of them are very, very winnable games. Tonight, if you're listening on Monday, they play in Chicago at 8 p.m. And then they come home for a kind of like a fun little homestand. Mavs, the night before Thanksgiving at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Then the Kings on Friday at 8 p.m., which is the second part of the double dip at TD Garden, folks. If you've never done the Bruins game at 1 o'clock on Black Friday and then the Celtics game at 8 o'clock, make sure you do that before you die. It's a must, bucket list, checkoff type of thing. And then they have the Wizards Sunday afternoon. Love a nice little early Sunday game at TD Garden at 6 p.m. And then after that, the Celtics play the next day, that following Monday, at home against the Hornets, and then they have two games against the Miami Heat before they go on a very hard, ridiculous, long road trip, which we will talk about in the future. Injury-wise, Rob is still out. Gallo is still out, even though they're both traveling with the team, which I always think is a good sign. Malcolm Brogdon came back on Friday night against the Pelicans from his hamstring injury, which is always great to see. But I am a little worried about the Marcus Smart ankle situation, for sure. I mean, last year during the Eastern Conference Finals, that bum, Kyle Lowry, that bum, Kyle Lowry landed on Marcus Smart's ankle. Obviously, it wasn't on purpose. I'll say that it is. And he battled ankle inflammation for the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals, for the NBA Finals. And now, of course, we know Marcus Smart is a warrior. No pun intended there with the NBA Finals. Um, Doesn't feel pain, doesn't like pain, but his ankle randomly flared up again. Um, He did a lot of off-season work to make sure that didn't happen. He didn't play in the Hawks or the Pelicans game. Um, he's been playing very well. So that's why he was the stud of the week last week. But this is an injury where the Celtics can probably survive without him, but you hope he can be back for November 30th and hope that everyone is well rested and ready to go. Um, you would obviously love to have him out on the floor against Luca to just bother the living crap out of him. I don't expect Marcus to play on Monday. If the choice was, you know, take another few days off and then come and play Luca, and then maybe sit out the Kings game and then we could figure out where we're going from there but I really want Marcus Marcus Smart healthy from November 30th to December 13th during that time they played the Miami Heat twice the Nets the Raptors the Suns the Warriors the Clippers and the Lakers and only two of those games are at home and those two games are the Miami Heat so they have to go to Brooklyn go to Toronto go to Phoenix go to San Francisco Go to L.A. to play the Clippers and the, and the Lakers as well. So, yeah. Also, I mean, do I expect Rob to be back by that time? No. I mean, no reports have really been, you know, been great about the situation. But then again, there really hasn't been anything. And I feel like that's where the Celtics kind of work best, you know. Like, we didn't know Malcolm Brogdon was coming here. We didn't know Derek White was coming here. Everyone had a bunch of other random reports out and it just wasn't true so who knows maybe rob's playing tonight i'm obviously kidding he's probably not but anyways let's talk about what i wanted to focus on we're going to obviously do sudden dead of the week we'll preview the four uh upcoming games this week against the bulls the mavs the kings and the wizards but we want to talk about the living or dying by the three-pointer you know the basketball saying live or die by the three and well the boston celtics this season they are living by it and they may live forever with the way they're shooting it and i hope i don't jinx it the celtics this year have already taken 663 threes 
and have made 259 of them, which comes out to 39.1%, which for right now is second best in franchise history. The best is 39.7, which was done by the 2008-2009 Boston Celtics. That would have been a back-to-back banner year. We would have already had banner 18, and my Twitter handle would be at banner banter 19. But that was the year that Kevin Garnett got hurt, which sucked. But the Celtics are averaging 19 made three-pointers a game, which means if they can keep this pace up, they are on pace to hit 1,631 threes. That would beat the franchise record, which was set last year, by 546. Last year, the Celtics had a franchise record, 1,085 threes made. 1631 is what they're on pace for, and they're going to beat that by 546. And, you know, are they going to keep this up? Probably not. Is it going to drop a little bit? Absolutely. But the reason why this is all happening is because everyone is playing unselfish basketball. Everyone has bought in, whether everyone has bought into Joe Missoula's system or if everyone has bought into, I want to go back to the NBA Finals. Either way, whichever one they bought into, I'm here for it. I mean, minus Tatum and Brown, can you really name someone on this team that you feel this season has taken dumb or forced three-pointers unless the shot clock's going down? Because I can't. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, take Timmy G, what about Marcus Smart, kid? Come on, Marcus Smart takes the dumbest three-pointers. Sure, but not exactly this year. I don't think Marcus has really taken a lot of dumb shots this year. So, you know, the the Celtics are taking their time, and everyone is touching the ball, making sure it gets to the right shooter at the right spot at the right time. It's almost like that old basketball drill back in the day where you had to pass it five times before you could shoot it. It's literally like Joe Missoula is telling all these guys, hey, don't you dare shoot a three-pointer unless it gets passed five times, which, I mean, hey, don't tempt me with a good good time because if that's what it is, it's been working very well, making 39.1% of their three-pointers this year. Now, you know, How long is this going to take? I don't know. Is it going to keep up forever? I don't know. But what happens when they cool off? That's a great question. And I agree with you. It should be asked. But defenses still can't defend Tatum and Brown, especially when they attack the rim. Tatum's getting to the line this year. Jalen's getting to the line this year. But for the love of God, can Jalen Brown just hit a motherfucking free throw? Like two in a row, please. Oh, my God, it's so annoying. It's been driving me nuts. Like it started off well. Here, here's a quick small rant. So Jalen Brown has been playing awesome this year. He will be an all-star if he keeps it up, which is great, well-deserved. All-NBA, who knows? We'll see how the rest, rest of the NBA goes because obviously all players want to make the NBA. That's how they get those super max deals, the extra money, et cetera, et cetera. But Jalen Brown the other night in the Pelicans game having seven turnovers and doing exactly what he did during the NBA playoffs that we all – were really angry at him for driving into double and triple teams, thinking he could dribble through traffic. No, no, with a splash of no. Absolutely not. It happened again. It drove me nuts. I hope it was just, uh, you know, a random thing. You know, what, what's that saying? Every, every wrong, every clock is wrong twice a day or every anyways it's kind of like that saying which whatever the fucking saying is it's kind of like that i really hope this was a kind of a a one and done type of ordeal and the rest of the day the clock's right and hopefully the rest of the season jalen brown's right because i can't like if jalen can't hit his free throws fine but i can't have him turning the ball over seven times especially on the road i can't have him doing that in any way shape or form but 
you know, if Tatum can do his thing, Jalen can do his thing. If the three-point shots aren't falling, that's fine. I mean, the Hawks legitimately didn't realize that Sam Hauser played basketball the other night. He was lights out. He's been playing so well this year. Knock on wood. So, but like, if the teams are going to be this dumb and leave Sam Hauser open, okay. And if the ball movement is there and teams do close out on number 12 in the corner, what he did a couple times last week, he shot fake and drove to the rim, hit a layup, got to the line. Number 12 is a good free throw shooter. I will give him that. So if if these guys get closed out on and someone does a backdoor cut and you can find that cutter, there are different ways this team can score if the three-point ball isn't shooting or isn't isn't falling, I should say. But here's the thing. And this is where I can kind of defend, oh, maybe that this this three-point thing is going to last for a little bit. So remember when R.J. Barrett last season in Madison Square Garden on January 8th hit that fadeaway buzzer beater three-pointer to beat the Celtics? And we all thought that Celtics were doomed. They were going to blow it up, et cetera, et cetera. Since that point, since January 9th, the Celtics are 45 and 13 in the regular season, shooting 38.3% from three. That includes the 32 and 10 last year and the 13 and 3 this year. They are 45 and 13. Last year, when they closed out the season 32 and 10, they shot 37% from three. And this year, it's 39%. So, on average, it's 38%. So, it shows that the shooting has been around like this for a while. And I think the team is deeper with better three point shooting this year. So that's very impressive. Oh, yeah. And one more thing to keep an eye on. I, uh, an eye out on. Speak to him. I don't know. I'm kind of like fired up for this episode. I, I got a little I, I got a little energy today. So maybe uh, maybe that's why I can't speak because I'm trying to think too fast for whatever the case may be. But I will leave you with this before we do sudden dead of the week. The last four games, the Celtics have the fifth best defensive rating in the NBA. The last 10 games, it's been ninth. And overall, it's now up to 14th. So remember how everyone was freaking out when it was down at 22 or 23 for a defensive rating? (laughs) Not anymore, my friends. It's slowly creeping up as Rob's slowly getting better. Watch out now. And now it's time for Stud and Dud of the Week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 194 of the Banner Banter Podcast. The stud of the week was your dud last week. Derek White is your stud of the week this week, stepping up big time for when Marcus Smart was out with that ankle injury. Derek White averaged 19 points, 5 assists, 2 steals, 3 boards, shot 62% from the field, 62.5% from 3, and including a 6-of-8 night from 3 against the Pelicans on Friday night. The Pelicans game, his shot, was the reason why they won that game. And then in the Hawks game on Wednesday, on the road in a tough uh, atmosphere, he had 10 assists. So his assists were the reason why. And his defense has been great. So Derek White helped the Celtics win games in multiple ways. Quick, simple, to the point, bravo, big fan of DW9. The dud of the week, this is tough. I mean, it could be Malcolm Brogdon because he didn't play well. 
but on Friday when he came back from his injury. But I'm not going to give someone the dud of the week on their first game back from injury. But I am going to say it is Jason Tatum's three-point shooting. But what the hell, Timmy G? You were just talking about how great the Celtics' three-point shooting is. Yeah, that's very true. But he has cooled off a bit, a bit from his very hot start. And before I continue, let me just say this. Jason Tatum, when he realized his shot was not going like he did in... um the Atlanta game and the Pelicans game, he got other people involved and got other people going like Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard and Derek White and number 12 and Al Horford and Jalen Brown, et cetera, et cetera. Eight assists versus the Hawks, 10 assists versus the Pelicans. That's great. But a shot was off and he found other ways to get people going to other ways for this team to win, other ways to contribute, rebounding, playmaking, whatever the case may be. And that, folks, is growth, and that is leadership. Tatum, in the last three games, a.k.a. the three games last week, went 1 of 9, 3 of 10, and 2 of 10 from 3. He shot 23% from 3 last week. Not ideal. He will be fine because before these three games, he was shooting 37 or 38% from 3. So your stud of the week this week, Derek White. Your dud of the week, Jason Tatum. So, before I let you go, let's preview the four games that the Celtics have this week. You know, again, just a quick recap. Monday night, tonight, in Chicago, United Center, 8 p.m. Then the Mavs come to town on Wednesday, November 23rd at 7.30 p.m., which will be on ESPN. Friday night, TD Garden at 8 p.m. against the Sacramento Kings. And then Sunday, November 27th, 6 p.m., TD Garden. Great. Got it. Good. All right, let's chat. So the first game against the Bulls, I feel like the Celtics have already played them like 78 times already. This will be actually be the third time the Celtics and the Bulls have gotten together. The first time earlier this year, the Celtics lost in Chicago 120-102, to 102, and they beat them uh, like a week later, actually. Um, I think it was like to the day a week later uh, at TD Garden, 123-119, to 119, and that was the game where DeMar DeRozan dropped like 45 or 46 points, whatever the case may be. But as of late, the Bulls' offense hasn't been that great. Oh, I thought I was going to go the whole episode without burping. Mother trucker. Anyways, I just did, so sorry about that. I know a couple of you do enjoy it. But um, the Bulls' offense, bottom 10 offense in the league, but a top 11 defense in the league. So their defense has definitely been helping their offense for sure. Uh, their offense is not very good without Lonzo Ball, who's hurt, and who knows when he's going to come back. But if you can keep the ball movement like you have been and make those open shots, this is a very winnable game. Uh, I mean, it can't be that easy, but the Bulls are not in a good spot. They've lost four games in a row, including a loss to the Orlando Magic at the buzzer. Zach Levine recently got benched. Zach Levine, former All-Star, max player. He complained about it, so things really aren't going great over there. So, obviously, the last time the Celtics did beat the Bulls, Andre Drummond wasn't playing. Andre Drummond is healthy now, and he was playing when they lost 120-102. to So, rebounding the ball will obviously be very important, whether it's, you know, Horford or number 12 or Hauser, whatever the case may be, or Cornette. You know, and by the way, shout-out to Luke Cornette, who was awesome his defense was stellar in that uh atlanta hawks game on wednesday arguably the best game of luke cornett's career i thought i put that in my notes i didn't shout out to luke cornett you know it listen when rob comes back i don't know how much of luke cornett we'll see i mean we haven't seen noah vonley a lot lately obviously blake griffin will play in flashes here and there um i don't know how much noah vonley will be getting minutes once rob gets healthy but 
Luke Cornett has earned a spot. Whenever Rob or Al needs a rest, Luke Cornett deserves to be out there. He played very, very well. Um, but yeah, so we'll be very interested to see how the Celtics play against Andre Drummond and the rest of that Bulls team on or tonight, I should say. Uh, and then Luca and the Mavs coming to TD Garden the night before Thanksgiving. The Celtics have not beat the Mavs since December of 2019 because I feel like every single time over the last four times that the Celtics have played the Mavs and lost, Luka Doncic has hit a buzzer beater at some point. I mean, he hit one at the Garden. He hit one down in Dallas. It's kind of annoying. I love Luka, though. Shout out to my buddy Dave, uh, who's a diehard Mavs fan. But Luka's just playing at an unbelievable level. If Jason Tatum doesn't win MVP, it's going to be because of because of Giannis or because of Luka. Luka's dropping 34 points a game, which is best in the league. He's dropping eight assists a game, which is top five best in the league. And But the thing is, it's, there's, it's just more than Luka. You have someone like Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a walking bucket, Tim Hardaway Jr., Finney Smith, uh, who can get a lot of shot up, or get a lot of shots up every single night and once they get going they're they're tough to beat then you have their big guys which can be a handful just on the offensive end christian wood dwight powell gotta be watch out for that pick and roll with them and luca but how do you beat this mavs team rebound 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 the second worst rebounding team in the league going into sunday's action they are playing the uh denver nuggets currently as i record this but both teams are a bottom five offensive rebounding team in the league so hustle points get a rebound get some tommy points create some second chance points hit those second chance points and you can win this game everyone attack the rim follow your shot try and help out obviously this could be a very high-scoring game. Both teams can't shoot the three-ball very well. Obviously, the Celtics are shooting better than the Mavs, but once Luka gets going, it could be very interesting. I would like to see Jason Tatum on Luka a lot in this game. I think the size, height-wise, um, is definitely an advantage for them. I really don't think there's a a lot of defenders uh, for the Mavs to to cover Tatum just size-wise, height-wise. I don't, I don't think Dwight Powell or Christian Wood can really hang. Uh, it's very interesting that Christian Wood does come off the bench for the Mavs, but he's definitely a good six man for them for sure but you rebound the basketball against this Mavs team you win a lot of basketball games and then Friday night Kings second night of the double dip TD Garden telling you you gotta go Bruins at one Celtics at eight it's a thing of beauty November 25th very important day very important day um now this is not the same Kings team that came into TD Garden last January that you beat by like 612 points I think they actually beat him by like 50 five 56 points maybe maybe it was even 60 who knows but it's not the same team they've won five straight games they put 153 points up in regulation against the nets in sacramento last week they've beaten the warriors they've beaten the lakers they've beaten the Cavs. this team is good you have sabonis you have deandre fox i think sabonis versus horford will be great remember sabonis from the indiana pacers for the last few years De'Aaron fox one of the fastest guys with the court in the nba he's like a He's like what John Wall was five, six years ago, but I think better. Then you have Malink, Malik Hunt, or Malik Hunt, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's from the Mavs, uh, from the Hawks. Uh, my apologies. Those two guys can shoot the three ball. Harrison Barnes, he's a good defender. He could slow down Jalen Brown a bit, and he will eventually make those annoying turnaround, slow motion elbow jumpers that he did with Golden State for years. They have a deep, hungry young team this could be a trap game for the celtics if they do beat the mavs because i think if i think tatum this week has the mavs game circled 
Because right now, everyone's saying it's Giannis and Luka as the best player in the world. But Tatum's in the MVP conversation. Tatum is going to want to drop 40 points and lock up Luka. And that's the type of shit that I'm going to be looking for when I go to the game on Wednesday night in Section 315. So it'll be very interesting to see how they how they do with that. But this is a this is a team, that being the Kings, that is that is good. Are they great? Could they make the um, the playing game? Can they maybe cause some havoc as the eighth seed? Who knows? But this is a good team. Mike Brown is a solid coach. I'm not saying he's a great coach, just a solid coach. Sabonis is a good veteran to have on this team. So this is a, a this won't be an easy game, unlike Sunday's game against the Wizards. I mean, it won't be an easy game either, but I mean if you had to pick or choose, uh the, the Kings are playing well right now. The Wizards, eh, not so bad. I mean, Bradley Beal is back from injury. They beat They've recently beat the Mavs, the Jazz, the Grizzlies, the Heat in the last few games. Kyle Kuzma is looking like a solid second scoring option, uh, sometimes better than KP6 at times, that's for sure. Um, but you already beat this team this year, holding Bradley Beal to 416 shooting. Who knows if that's going to happen again? But this is a game where the bench showed up. Brogdon dropped 23, number 12 dropped 10, Hauser dropped 9. You know, this was the game that Malcolm Brogdon won stud of the week on. He just took over the third quarter where the Warriors or uh, where the Wizards were trying to come back and cut down that big lead because the Celtics won that first quarter, I think 34 to 15, if I remember correctly. And Brogdon, you know, was like, oh, okay, we're going to give up this big lead, but I'm not going to let you get there. So if Malcolm Brogdon, you know, Hopefully he'll be able to play all four games this week, so he'll be back into shape, get back into a rhythm at that point. But even though the Celtics beat this Wizards team by 18 back at TD Garden a few weeks ago, they also gave up 15 offensive rebounds to the Wizards. So don't let that happen again. Rebound the basketball. Get everyone involved. Have Malcolm Brogdon control that second union. And there is a good chance that the Celtics could go 3-1, and 4-0 this week. And... It's it's hard to say that they're ever going to lose again. I'm obviously being ridiculous, but I'm being realistic where I can see them beating the Bulls. I can see them beating the Mavs. I can see them losing to the Kings and then beating the Wizards before they have this insane December that's in front of them over the, over the first two weeks at least. So, all right, that's it for episode 194 of the Banner Banter podcast. Happy Thanksgiving again. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, tell a friend, Buy some Banner Banter podcast merchandise for the holiday season. I heard green and black are great for the holidays. Um, I don't know what I meant by that, but whatever. You can always find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And I also have some exciting news on the way, hoping to announce it within the next two or three episodes. I think I am going to have a sponsor for the podcast, and I couldn't have done it without everyone's support. So again, I really appreciate it. We will talk very, very soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.